0: This is The Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks, and my favorite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms, or you can watch it. Just subscribe to The Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the show. I hope you are very well know your value the wrong people have a very high opinion of themselves an inflated opinion of themselves and they are overvalued but they do very well in life and a lot of the brilliant people are undervalued and they don't fulfill their vast potential so it's important for you to understand that you're the one that sets that price value on yourself the share price if you like So what I want you to do is have a think about your many attributes, your many strengths professionally and also in your private life, relationships, friendships and set your value as high as you can, because most people tend to undervalue themselves. And the issue is that if you sell a message that I'm not really worth it, I'm not that great, if you're too self-deprecating, if you undersell, then people will underbuy. You will never get what you're worth. Know your value. So I hope things are good with you. Um, very excited because today is Toilet Tuesday. I'm aware that you'll be listening to this podcast at different times of the week. I think this one drops on a Sunday, but it's currently, as we speak these words, it is Tuesday. And I have Toilet Tuesday every Tuesday. Now, what is that? Well, We used to have a very nice lady that came and cleaned. She was a cleaner. Um, I've never been the biggest fan of a cleaner. And the reason why is I just like having my home to myself. I don't like somebody that isn't a member of the family or a friend in the building. I don't know why. I just... uh, I think it could be I grew up above a pub and therefore... You know, my parents employed amazing bar staff that were just fabulous people. And really, they were like friends. But I kind of got used to we'd all be having dinner and stuff. And then someone would sort of come up and they need pound coins or the Fosters has um, the Fosters has run out. Or maybe the ice machine is broken. And there was just that blurring between private and public. And so once I became a grown adult... And then had my own place. I really just enjoyed it was a novelty for me. It sound strange to you but anyone that's listening that's lived above a shop or above a pub or just as you know if your home is also the business, um, you'll know what I mean. you'll relate to it that just I love the quietness, the privacy. and so therefore for me if I sort of wake up and somebody comes around and they're doing the cleaning. I'm very polite. I'm too polite. I'm like, morning, how are you? How's the family? And then there's like a really long chat because, you know, I am interested in people and I am. I hope I'm polite and I'm just not able. It's not my nature to just let someone come in and just not speak to them. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I couldn't do that Tom Cruise thing, allegedly, of no eye contact with Mr. Cruise. You know, that's sort of, that's a theory, isn't it, about, or the rumor about some Hollywood stars that it's in their contract that the crew are not allowed to make eye contact with them. Um, I don't think I'm that bad, but yeah, I just, I will inevitably, if someone comes in, whether it's the guy checking the gas meter reading, uh, if it's a builder, if it's the electrician, whatever it is, whoever comes in, then they're going to get a show. That's obviously my weakness. I'm a people pleaser. So if I have a cleaner, I'm going to be pleasing the cleaner and i just when i'm at home i just i I honestly i i love to withdraw i love i mean if i'm on my own definitely i just love the silence you know just being still drinking tea staring out the window maybe put the radio on or a podcast and that's it so therefore i've never been the biggest fan of having a cleaner and then also and obviously i feel a bit bad because with this advice i don't want to put cleaners out of work okay They do a brilliant job in offices, in homes. You might have, you might be lucky enough to have a big home, which has a lot of rooms and just a lot of maintenance. You might have millions of kids and both you and your partner are working full time, really, really long hours. And the kids are making a mess for someone to come in once or twice a week and just make the beds and vacuum the living room i understand it's great so i'm not going to say that the cleanest thing is bad but it it isn't for me I, I do not live in a in a vast sprawling mansion i'm lucky enough to be able-bodied it is in my gift i'm able to clean clean my home okay so what happened is hilariously uh, our our cleaner left us i think we paid a very fair rate and actually we upped her salary but she just said i've got too many clients i think she wasn't that happy with where we lived it didn't really fit her um circuit so we basically lost a cleaner fair enough and i convinced my superior better half can we not recruit another cleaner a couple of reasons Um, a the privacy stuff that i like having the place to myself secondly the cost It adds up, you know, Um, at some point, maybe I'll take a note of this, by the way. um, There's a book and I think it's called The Compound Effect. And it's about how if you make little economies and you save small amounts every day, it adds up to an absolute fortune. We'll do a special on that. I've just written it down. But um, the compound effect works the other way where your outgoings. So you save money, whatever it adds up. Spending money adds up. And uh, so what is a cleaner? What would a cleaner cost you, you know, across the year? I don't know. It's, it's going to be more than a thousand pounds, isn't it, really? I think if it's once a week, even if you're paying a basic salary, it's a lot of money. That's two return tickets to New York or that's your credit card bill or it's your local tax or it's this or it's that. So um, I convinced my missus that we didn't need a new cleaner and could we save some money? And therefore, I'll do it. And she said, "Oh, you'll never do it. That's the problem. We'll we'll never. We'll just have a dirty home, and it will never happen because we're both busy." And I said, "No, leave it with me. We're going to do a thing called Toilet Tuesdays." And she said, "What is that? What is Toilet Tuesdays?" And I said, "Well, I've literally just invented it. I like it because it's alliteration. It's T isn't it? Toilet Tuesday. It's upbeat." And what I do is I just, every Tuesday, it tends to be a day where I'm less busy. So I take a few minutes and I clean up. Right. And I just do it really quickly. It ties in with the mantra of this show. Do you remember the mantra of this show? I think the most important three words in the whole of this show in all 25 podcasts so far is do bad work. Right. So on Toilet Tuesday, I give the place a clean up and I just do it badly. Do it badly, baby. And even if I clean my home badly, it's going to be cleaner than it was before. It can't be less clean, can it? So let me give you a few of my top cleaning hacks. First of all, the bathroom floor, if your bathroom has tiles and this does actually work for the kitchen as well, but especially bathrooms, you've got all these different products, haven't you? Like sort of bathroom floor cleaner and kitchen floor cleaner and soapy stuff and detergent stuff. I've got one word for you bleach okay bleach don't bother with all that other stuff so we've got a bathroom and it's got very foolishly light gray tiles which means the dirt shows up very easily which was a huge strategic error it's quite nice because when you have light tiles in the bathroom it it, it brightens the room up if you have black tiles it hides the dirt but it darkens the room so it is nice from a light point of view but it doesn't mean they take a bit of maintenance So all you do, it's so bloody simple. What I like about bleach, it's very cheap. You can get a litre of the stuff for one pound in this country. And you squirt it into a bucket. You don't need a lot, just a squirt. Just like this, like that. And then you add a small amount of hot water. You do not need a lot. Okay, so a good squirt of bleach and then maybe three centimetres of water four centimetres just 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 enough to basically add a little bit of water to liquefy the uh the bleach mix it together get your mop out and you just mop the floor you don't need not too wet so just enough moisture enough of that bleach liquid to actually cover the surface and you just give it a rub around with the mop You put the mop back into the squeezy thing. Give it a squish. Do it again. Right. But there's no scrubbing. You're not on your knees. There are no expensive products. It's just bleach and a bit of hot water. And then what you do. Ideally, it's not going to be soaking wet. So it's just it's, it's wet. Right. But not soaking wet. And you then let it dry. You just let it dry by the air. And I can tell you that when it dries, your floor will be sparkling clean. It will just absolutely pop. And the reason why is because the bleach, not only does it kill all the disgusting, yucky bacteria and stuff like that, but it brightens surfaces and it's a tremendous thing. So there you go. That is the bathroom solution. <clears throat> and it does work depending on obviously check the kind of tiles you have that they're not going to be damaged by bleach. But we've got very nice. There are sort of Italian tiles. You know, It's good quality stone it's not rubbish gear it's 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 good it's it's good good um it's good it's hot stuff it's good quality um it's not your old rubbish but uh do check obviously because i don't want you to ruin your floor uh, and that was my advice to you but anyhow that's great similarly in the kitchen that'll work as well depending on what sort of floor surface you've got and the other thing that i really recommend So we've got wooden floors in the kitchen and this would work for delicate tiles. And this is so easy. You don't even have to mop. Okay, what you do, the wooden floor. In fact, the mop is not a good idea, but obviously don't let bleach anywhere near a wooden floor. Um, The problem with mopping a wooden floor is that it's wood and the mop is water. And when you put water onto the wood, it's going to affect the wood. It's not good for it long term going to sort of go into the wood a little bit swell and then shrink and all that stuff so i wouldn't recommend that no water i have this mirror spray actually actually i'll be honest it's an all surface spray called method and i've recommended it on the show before but you obviously this is an international global show so you're going to need to find your own equivalent but anything that works for windows or glass is really good because normally those products contain a bit of vinegar or something like that, normally they're not sort of going to be toxic, they won't have bleach in or anything like that, and what you do is you take your window or mirror cleaner and you spray it onto the wooden floor so that there's just a kind of even wash of this product on the floor, it doesn't need enormous amounts but you just squirt, squirt, squirt so that you feel that it's a nice sort of you know a nice foamy spray of the stuff on the floor and then what you do is you get a towel and if you're feeling energetic you get on your hands and knees and you just rub the stuff off with the towel so you basically just you clean the floor with the towel and you'll find if you look at the towel that all the dirt and the grime from the wooden floor just goes straight onto the towel effortlessly it just lifts you know all the dust any dirt and what's great especially if your wooden floor is has got some sort of finish on it like a slight polish which most wooden floors do it's going to it's going to bring back that shine that's why i recommend the mirror and the the um, glass cleaner because you get that lovely shine and um, if you're feeling lazy or you're in a hurry you don't have to get on all fours you take the towel and you stand on the towel in your bare feet and you shuffle along and you just shuffle around the room and it's great because you're using your own body weight it's quite good as leverage to really clean that surface and you sort of just shuffle around please be careful not to trip up and break your neck because it can be a little awkward and a bit cumbersome but you shuffle around and all you're doing you're basically walking and as you walk it wipes the floor how good is that did i invent that by the way i don't know if i did I feel like someone would have thought of that before, but it's certainly something that I do. It takes, so that is a kitchen floor, right? And that's going to take you between the spraying and then the walking and the shuffle. That could be done in 90 seconds, can't it? That's not bad, is it? Rather than the mop and waiting for it to dry and thanks, but no thanks. I don't recommend the glass thing for the bathroom floor because of the fact of of, of the visible dirt. But that said... Um, You might have a certain color of bathroom floor where it'll also be enough to have the mirror and glass spray there as well. But I love it. I recommend it. It's easy. Um, What else? If you haven't got time to clean, if you've got wooden floors, by the way, can I recommend wooden floors? If you've got disgusting old carpets, then I would recommend you pull them up, which I did on my own. It's actually not that hard pulling up carpets. Um, When I moved here, there were disgusting carpets, which actually had an army of fleas living in them. It was disgusting. I pulled up one carpet and there was just a colony of moths. It was disgusting. I mean, hundreds of these tiny little yellow moths. Horror show. Yuck. Anyway, I took all of this filth. I I I pulled up the carpets, tore them out, throw throw them outside and then put them in the dump. And you've got the sort of wooden devices which have got these sort of sharp teeth on them like these nails and what that they're the things that hold the carpet down so when you get the carpet off then you just remove those wooden fasteners and you've got normally in a lot of cases you've just got nice original wooden floors underneath obviously if you rent you need to ask permission from the landlord and also there might be an issue with the the building as well so if it's a sort of share of freehold and of course also worth asking your neighbors because sometimes people on the first floor take the carpets up and it's just wooden floors and then it's very noisy for the people underneath so you don't want to be doing that if you can Um, but so and then what you do is you go to your local hardware store and you rent a hand sander and you get a mask and you goggles as well and you just go around and you sand your floorboards There's nothing to it. It's quite amazing. And then you can just buy some simple varnish. And, you know, I'm a great believer. I might have mentioned this before, that when it comes to jobs around the house, anything I can do, I will do. Right. So I'm not an electrician. I'm not a plumber. So I can't rewire. I can't fix the toilet. But I can sand a floor. It's a machine. You turn it on and you just rub it along and you've sanded it. So uh, if you're feeling brave, why don't you try that? It's really fun. It's very rewarding. Every time I look down at my floors now, I feel a sense of pride. sense of achievement and i've saved i sanded those floors so i probably saved 1500 pounds maybe not bad is it that's free money in your back pocket have a think about that by the way any jobs around the house anything that you think you can do just do it my motorbike was getting low on oil right so it needs a service and of course i've got to get that done but it just occurred to me: all oh, I can buy oil. They don't, you know, the garage don't have a monopoly on oil. If it's running low on oil, what it needs is an oil change. But for now, I can buy oil, which costs me five pounds, and I'll put that in the motorbike, and then the motorbike's going to run. They don't have any magical solution in the garage. So always think about that. You know, companies that charge you for things have a think: can I do this myself? So you get these food delivery firms and they say, oh, we'll we'll send you food and it will have all the ingredients you need. That is the biggest scam ever. So they come around like, you know, subscription thing and they're taking a lot of money off you every week. And it's like a little chicken breast and there's some spring onions and there's peas and then there's mashed potato. And it's like they're all in these little stupid portions and you've got air miles and then they've had to deliver it. Plus the know they'll have made it in a factory somewhere won't they you know and the packaging of course it's environmentally doesn't make sense but also you don't need to do that just do it yourself an amazing thing that i do i discovered in a farmer's market i'm again by the way i feel really bad because a lot of my advice involves not giving business to people and saving money but i think you'll agree at the moment that's not a bad thing so um farmer's market had this very nice Sort of salmon. What would you call it? Salmon spread. There you go. Like a, like a sandwich spread. And it was so delicious. And we were hooked on it. Salmon and dill. Yum, yum, yum. Anyway. I just. You know. It was very expensive. I'm always looking to economise. And. I just looked at the ingredients. And the ingredients were. Cream cheese. Dill. Lemon, salt and pepper, a splash of extra virgin olive oil. Ridiculous. Um, There's basically you look at the ingredients. I've got access to those ingredients, and i so now I just I just make a pot of that myself, and it's lovely, and I don't have to buy it anymore. Oh, I think a little bit of spring onion as well, but not too much. And of course, you don't have to stick to the exact recipe, do you? But that's it. So. Anything you think you can do, whether it's cooking, whether it's building services, whether it's a cleaner. Have a think, can I do that myself? Okay, and you'll find you'll save a lot of money. Plus, it's rewarding. It's rewarding doing these things yourself. Um, The other thing is that it's nice to um, I call Toilet Tuesday, Toilet Tuesday, because there's a sense of occasion. Right. First of all, it's a reminder. It's a little signal, isn't it? There's that very good habits book by james clear called atomic habits and we did a special on that a few episodes ago do check it out where i explain in detail his his ideas um but one of the things he talks about is 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 to have little reminders of your habits. so let's say you wanted to learn spanish then you'd have the vocabulary book just i don't know on the kitchen table so that when you come down in the morning for your coffee it's like oh there's the vocab book and it reminds you and it's it removes a barrier from not doing it basically, you know. Um so that's that's great, right? And um the the uh what um, what Toilet Tuesday does is a, you know, there's good signalling there because it's the toilet, it needs to be cleaned, and it's Tuesday. So when Tuesday comes around, I feel like well, it's Toilet Tuesday. Um NGL, that means not gonna lie, it's the first letter of each word one after the other. I have sometimes done Toilet Tuesday on a Wednesday or a Thursday or even a Sunday because of a busy week and, you know, get round to it. But as a general rule, Toilet Tuesday does happen on a Tuesday um, and it's commitment. Uh, the other reason why I like the idea of Toilet Tuesday is because it's upbeat, isn't it? It sounds fun. Who wouldn't like to be involved in Toilet Tuesday? Maybe invite friends around and can like all sort of stand on towels and shuffle around. Wouldn't that be good? Squirting bleach at each other come on let's have a hashtag bleach party so if there are things in life that are a bit annoying like cleaning your home why don't you frame it in a positive exciting way that makes it fun like toilet tuesday Uh, maybe you need a reward so every time you do toilet tuesday you've saved 20 pounds 30 pounds 40 pounds on a cleaner and maybe you take five or ten pounds of that and you just treat yourself to something because of toilet tuesday Uh, would be a nice thing or um my son um, when he was younger we needed to get him encourage him to read and like i would read to him and so my mum who i love very much and she was perfect is perfect but she made reading sound like a punishment and she'd say go to your room and read a book right that's not good messaging around books and reading is it so with my son i kind of learned from that and i would say to him hey by the way, well, I probably won't reveal. It's not fair on them revealing their names. So, shall I call my two sons Elton and Bernie? The eldest is Elton, the younger one is Bernie. And I said to um, Elton, <laughs> "I said, oh, at seven o'clock tonight, let's let's go upstairs and let's have a reading party." And he said, "What's that?" And I said, "We get all the books out. We just like choose our favourite book and we just have a, a reading party." and it's a party with books. Now, this is amazing manipulation. It's the power of language, isn't it? But he's like, oh, I like parties. I don't really like reading, but I do like parties. So that was enough to get it across the line. And we would just go upstairs, we'd grab all these different books, and we'd start reading a book. I'd start reading a book to him, and he's like, this one's boring. i said, oh, well, this is a party. It's supposed to be fun. So let's go and have a look at a different book. And then we'd get engrossed in another book. And that became a regular thing. Let's go up early before bed and have a reading party. But isn't it amazing if you if you give names to things, it does make it more fun. It sells it to you and it works not just for children, but for grown ups as well. After all, Toilet Tuesday has become such a smash hit in our house. Um, we did the same thing with my sons, including Elton and Bernie, which was the uh, having a homework party where we just sort of get together on a big table and have a, have a homework party for like an hour or half an hour. Uh, The other thing, by the way, if you've got kids or anything like that, if you're struggling to motivate them, and by the way, this also works for friends and loved ones. So my youngest, Bernie, plays the trumpet and he's very good. But obviously, practicing is boring and annoying. And I understand that. But he does like it and he wants to do well in it. So it's my job to help him to practice and to get him practicing but without falling into that trap of go to your room and practice. That's just not the right messaging. It just doesn't work with human beings. Human beings work on suggestion and encouragement and the idea of the possibility of doing things. So that's what's really good about that book, The Chimp Paradox, which we also have done an episode on quite early in the series. Go back and listen to that. I'd recommend that. The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. And in in the book, he talks about the difference between the word could and should. So if you say to a child hey um, you could just spend 10 more minutes on your homework checking everything the alternative is you say to your kid you should spend 10 minutes going through your homework and checking everything now if you say to the kid you should do that it feels medicinal it feels like an instruction and it's not attractive and it brings out a defense mechanism and normally a rejection but if you say hey you you could you could, for 10 minutes check your homework and go through it all and the could it just leaves that door open psychologically for people to accept your message and to um and to uh, yield to your suggestion that's how you do it slowly slowly catchy monkey so uh, all of that's true so language is a big thing so uh, find names for things that you don't like such as homework party uh toilet tuesday and um the other one is that if somebody has got a task to do so my son plays the trumpet as i said He doesn't really like practicing. He doesn't mind it. Once he gets started, he's fine. But I always say this to him. I always say, listen, I've got some horrible stuff that I don't want to do now. So why don't I do my horrible stuff and you do your practicing? And then when you've finished your practicing, I'll have done my horrible stuff and we'll both feel good. And that horrible stuff could be a work thing that I've been putting off like, yuck, don't fancy doing. Or it could be cleaning the kitchen and just tidying up and everything just one of those boring yuck not fun jobs Um, but it's it's good if you if you just do it together and that would work with your partner as well so let's say your partner's struggling there's a company report and they just don't fancy doing it you say well look let's both sit around the table you do you get started your company report and i'll do that thing that i've been putting off my tax return and it's a bit like a homework party do you know what i mean it's sort of the horrible jobs party and there you are with the tax return which is just grim and horrible and there they are with the company report which is grim and horrible horrible. it's just a sort of shared we're we're both suffering you know and that's a very good thing that's why study groups work when students get together and they're doing a levels or something university and the sort of sharing sharing the sort of horror of the sort of stuff that they've got to do but it, it does work it does work okay um some real practical stuff for you i'm a big fan of mirrors I always have been. And the reason why is they're very clever mirrors. They're actually faintly miraculous because if you put a mirror in a room, you've created a window. So it's perfect if you've got a room which is sort of dark and has a small window, almost like prison like you put a big mirror in there. And of course, as you know, you look through the mirror and then it sort of just carries on like Narnia like the lion the witch in the wardrobe a mirror is goes into the wall doesn't it it's like a window and of course the other thing is it hoovers up light and bounces it back at you so if you've got a small or dark room get rid of your silly posters and your artwork and you know, just as many mirrors as you can vast massive mirrors i mean my favorite mirrors you can get mirrors with frames and all that stuff i i just love a really big square mirror, you know, it's almost like from a builder's merchants, just a meter by a meter, just big old unglamorous chunk of mirror, hang it on the wall, it will transform the room. You can't have too many mirrors. So, have you noticed when you go about your life? Have you noticed how people throw mirrors away? Have you noticed, like when people do home renovations and stuff like that, there's a lot of mirrors on the street, aren't there? The things that people leave on the street, they leave sort of broken chairs, mirrors. And those those air dryers for, for clothes, you know, the, the, the sort of the, those the stand that you hang clothes on. They, they always break, don't they? They're always being thrown away. A lot of mirrors. So I am I'm like a magnet for mirrors. So I go around and I, if I see a mirror, I then go back with the car and then I shove it in the back of the car and I find a place for it at home. We have a surplus of mirrors and if it's broken, that's not necessarily a problem. So I picked up a mirror a few months ago and it was cracked at the top so maybe sort of 20 centimeters from from the edge of it just a big old crack right and um it doesn't matter it didn't matter i just um put some clear tape on it so it didn't get worse and it's quite a big mirror you don't really see it it's not in the eye line. and who cares actually who cares i mean if you did see it who cares that's something should we do that um on a future show who cares let's do that Let's do a long rant about who the hell cares. I say who the hell. I don't say any swearing because I want this show. This show is aimed at adults, but it's available to young people and children too. And I think I'm going to stick with that. I want this show. I want you to be able to listen to it in the car or in the kitchen while little ones are around and not worry what I'm going to say. But I would have said who gives a you know what. But we know the kids don't want to hear that. You know what I mean, because you're a naughty grown up. You are so naughty with the words that, you know, oh, those poor kids. I'm shocked. Yeah, let's do that. Who cares? I'm looking forward to that. Should I do that next week? Come on. Right. Got to get to the point. Good luck with that. Yes. So mirrors. See if there's mirrors lying around. Please don't bring. A mirror that's like got loads and loads of cracks on it. And what's going to happen is you're going to cut your hands, lifting it into the car. It's going to shatter when you get home and it's going to get splinters of glass in the kids feet. So health and safety. Be careful. By the way, can I also say with my. um Advice on the, the toilet Tuesday and all that, you know, be careful with all that stuff. You could trip over with my my towel technique. So it's got to be at your own risk. Life is dangerous. I will say that but i should give that a health warning and also with the bleach don't let it anywhere near the carpet because it will discolor the carpet and also don't let it near your skin and don't let it near any kids as well actually all of the advice on this podcast is at your own risk and why is that because i'm a very silly sausage okay never forget that i'm full of ideas but i'm also an absolute numpty I'm a very, very foolish person. And it's important that you remember that. Right. So mirrors. Oh, my God. I love mirrors. So anyway, here's the absolute game changer for you. Are you ready for this? I mean, this 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 piece of advice is so good that it makes me think, oh, you know, really? This podcast should cost like 100 pounds an episode because, well, not every episode, I think you'll agree. But this is this advice is worth 100 pounds. Do you know Ikea? I'm a very big fan of Ikea, the Swedish superstore furniture maker. I like Ikea because what they did is they democratised home furnishings. When I was a child in the 80s, things like tables costed a million pounds. I really mean it. you know, Sofas, tables, beds. It was a lot of money. It was hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I remember my parents... In the mid 80s, maybe early, early to mid 80s, they bought a bed for a thousand pounds Right in the 80s. Right? And they were, not, they were not rich people, but it was like a really good bed. And it's like, well, it's a big investment, but it's our bed. We're going to sleep in it every night. And I must say they have had that bed for about 30 years. Right. So they've got the money back. But can you imagine how a thousand would be a lot now, wouldn't it? Imagine how much that was in the 80s. And so now you can go to Ikea and you can buy a bed for £150. In fact, there's a really good bed frame at the moment, a wooden bed frame, double bed frame, and I think it's like £29 without the mattress. What the hell? I can't believe it. So I do love, I've got to say, I love Ikea. I love how cheap it is. Um, They're actually quite good on the environment about sustainable and all of that. And so... I find their stuff lasts, actually. It's not bad. Might have mentioned to you this before. This is controversial. But if you've got IKEA furniture, if you're absolutely certain that you love it and you're committed to it and you're worried about it sort of falling apart, you can assemble it and use wood glue as well as the as well as the actual nails they give you and the screws they give you. You can assemble it with wood glue plus the nails and then that is it forever. But the only problem with that is you can't disassemble it or recycle it. So you've got to be sure that this is a forever bed. But it's, it's not something I've actually ever done. But I can't say that I would rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out if it was one of those IKEA tables that I love. But just relentlessly wobbles. I would, at that point, I would, I would, I would press the nuclear button. And go for the hashtag wood glue. So, we go to IKEA. And IKEA, by the way, the reason why is if you noticed, I don't talk about a lot of shops. Because... We're all over the world and you may not have this product or this shop, but I'm hoping a lot of you are within reach of an Ikea. And even if you're not, make a trip of it one day, have a road trip and go to an Ikea, even if it takes three hours to get there, it'll be worth it. I love that shop. It's I actually I'll be honest with you. For me, Ikea is such a great place to be. You could almost raise your kids there, do you know what I mean? You could literally just sire a family at a big Ikea. It's got that amazing cafe with the meatballs. The unlimited coffee, Swedish coffee, what's that all about? And unusual jam made with berries, only available in the Nordic countries. It's a real Scandinavian jam. These magic... IKEA berries, probably genetically modified. Flat pack berries and the salads and oh my god I love IKEA. The biscuits the got this lovely cordial again made from magic Swedish berries. Swedish beer? Have you noticed? Something so exotic, you only go to uh, Ikea and they've got these four packs of this sort of Swedish beer. And it's probably in Sweden, it's probably like the worst beer ever. But it's like it's just got a foreign language on it with Swedish words. And there's a word that looks a bit like beer, but it's kind of beer, 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 you know. And you're like, I think that's Swedish for beer. Can you tell I'm a linguist, by the way? Um. Yeah, the novelty of it is is something is quite hard to get, get over. Um, that's why I'm obsessed with foreign supermarkets. Wherever I travel, my first, I'm straight, forget about monuments and great, you know, sort of landmarks and stuff. I'm like, get me the equivalent of Tesco in Barcelona. And I am just, I am all over that like a rash. See all the different products with Spanish words on it. And it's just like, what a journey. What an excitement. This is what I came here for. I don't need La Sagrada Familia, which has taken 200 years to make by the genius architect Gaudi. Give me some uh, unusual sort of uh, fish paste from a Spanish supermarket or unusual new manifestations of biscuits that only the Spanish could think of. I love it. I love it. Spanish coffee. And yeah, I'm I'm not really I think I could instinctively be a shopaholic, but I've really scaled it back. And I mentioned in a previous show, the power of window shopping is actually very satisfying. And the other thing I said is if you find an item like let's say you see a shirt that you like, what you do is you leave the shop. And if you're still thinking about it 24 hours later, that's when you buy it. And you'll find that 80 percent of the time you're not thinking about it 24 hours later. And I've saved you a lot of money. And if you are thinking about it twenty four hours later, that means you were supposed to have it, and you were meant to have it, and you're going to love it. Thank you. You're welcome. So you go to IKEA, and you've got your meatballs, and you've got your unusual jam made from magic Nordic berries. So they have these wardrobes, okay? And you buy the wardrobe in in bits, right? So you you got the wardrobe bit, and then you have the door. And there's two types of doors. There's just a wooden door. I think with maybe different finishes, I think there's like a wood finish. And then I think there's just a white kind of composite, just white door. And then you have a mirror door. And the mirror door comes in two heights. Uh, One is maybe about almost six foot. And then there's an extra long mirror door, which is going to be more like seven and a half Actually, I've got one right here, so let's see. Um, Yeah, maybe seven and a half feet. In fact, I'm going to do something outrageous. I'm going to show it to you. We never do this, do we? But we should really. After all, this is on YouTube. So if you're watching, let me just show it to you without messing up the recording. (laughs) The powers of my magical, magical. um, Can you see that? Let me just. I'm really bad at camera work. Wait a minute, I mean, it would help if I unplugged that. All right, let's go over here and do it properly. How are you? A bit of action for once. Who knew? Right. Seeing behind the, uh, what's in here? Wait a minute, why am I struggling with this? Oh, there it is. Is that it? No, where is it? I've gone mad. Yeah, this is... Yeah, there it is. So that's the top of the mirror and it goes all the way down kind of would be helpful if I did a zoom out wouldn't it maybe if I just I can't see you now but does that give you an idea so that's the whole thing I hope um, I hope that worked but essentially it is a mirror door. What it, what it actually is, is basically a massive block of wood. Are we back in the room? Massive block of wood with a mirror glued to the front of it. And what's amazing about IKEA is you can just buy the door. You don't have to buy. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to buy The wardrobe, because it's sold separately. You just buy the door. And I think the door is about, mm, I honestly, I'm afraid to say I can't really remember, but I think when I paid for it, it was about 80 quid, maybe a hundred pounds, max, max, maybe it was 60. Anyway, it was not crazy money. Uh, An actual mirror of that size from a mirror shop would cost you a fortune. So it's um, amazing. So anyway, I've got a, what? You won't believe this. I've got one, two, three, four. I've got five of these in the house, four of which I bought from Ikea. And one is in this room because it's a, it's just got one window and it's a very pokey little room, as you might have noticed. Bit of a mess as well. Whoops. Hashtag awkward. Oh, dear. Um, but when you come into the room, I've just got it leaning against the wall. And it's just a it's a complete from, from floor length mirror right up close to the ceiling really and it just makes the room big it's great when you're about to go out and you want to see what the whole outfit looks like you know when you look in the mirror you're getting ready to go out you want to see the shoes you want to see the trousers or your skirt or your dress you want to see the whole thing in your head you need it all in. isn't it annoying when you've got mirrors in the house where you've got to like lower yourself to get your face in or something like that so or, or you can see your midriff in your face but not the shoes and yada yada so full length mirror is gorgeous so i've got a tiny tiny room next door and on both sides, I have purchased the full length seven foot mirrors from Ikea and I attach them to the wall. So actually, they're not even leaning against the wall. They're properly attached to the wall. And the room is massive now, but it's not. It's a tiny room. but just feels massive. And the light is incredible in there. There was another thing we did, which is um, we had a big old renovation and we had this disgusting diseased bathroom. And the bathroom came with this sort of unit which had the sort of sink and it had a mirror attached and it was all very 70s. What I managed to do is I managed to remove the mirror from the device, from the whole unit to take the mirror bit out. The rest was torn out and thrown away. And then I just recycled that mirror and that 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 bathroom mirror, which was part of the um, furniture in the bathroom, is the third mirror in that tiny room. And I've got it against the wall and you've got a desk so it means I sit at a desk and when I look at look up I've got the mirror behind me is a window so I've got the light from the window looking at me it's not claustrophobic because it would just be a wall but instead it's the mirror so I can see through it It's three-dimensional like Narnia literally like lie in the kitchen the wardrobe lion the kitchen the wardrobe lion the witch in the wardrobe and then to my left I've got the full length Ikea mirror to my right I've got the full length Ikea mirror how good is that so that's it I love these I I actually want you I, I think even if you don't need it I would love to ask you if you wouldn't mind at some point this year please go to Ikea and just buy a mirror door and take it home and just put it somewhere and you will thank me you can lean it against the wall you can hang it what's nice about hanging it is it sits flush against the wall so it doesn't take up any space But I think this is a hack because it's not designed for that. It is a door. It's a bloody door. But what's nice about Ikea is because it's flat pack and you assemble it yourself, there's nothing to remove from the door. It is a piece of wood with a mirror glued to it. There's no hinges. There's nothing that gets in the way. So it, it looks really good. It's gorgeous. So that's all fantastic, right? Happy days. And I've got these things and invented this idea of only having... See... It could be that everything in this podcast you've already thought of. But I have you heard of that? If just buying a mirror door from Ikea and you only using it as a mirror? Anyway, there you go. It's what we do. A great thing happened if, a couple of years ago. I was driving along, riding along on my moped, enjoying the freedom of two wheels. And I went past a house, a small London house that had clearly had a clear out. And everything was in the front garden. And you know that I'm always on the lookout. For stuff people are throwing away. And I'd like you to be on the lookout. Because it's amazing what great stuff people throw away. It's treasure. Let me tell you. Apart from electricals. Be careful with electricals. You need to get them tested. I don't want you to burn the house down. And also things like old sofas. Look out for dangerous foam. And oh God. you know I'm going to put you off now aren't I? Anyway. I'm going along. And I see this house. And I've got this radar. For good things that are being thrown away just something flagged you need to look over in this direction and there was an ikea mirror door just leaning against a load of other stuff they were throwing away and it was in mint condition so i went about i couldn't i couldn't i wasn't able to take it at that point but i took that same route the next day in my car and it was still there can you believe that that treasure, which just sat there, no one using it, no one taking it away? I can't believe it. It's like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Shoved it in the car. That was number five. So I think that, is, that is mirror door number five, I believe, if my mathematics are correct. This takes me to a couple of other things. Lighting in the house. Um, get away from a single light bulb hanging from the ceiling. OK, that is very last century. I'm not going to say to you that you should get lights fitted because that costs an extortionate amount of money. Only do that when you're doing a complete job on the house and you're like, you've got an electrician in and you're tearing down walls. That's the point where you can have very nice lights which are sunk into the ceiling. They look really good. I'm a very big fan of dimmable LEDs. They don't get hot. They're incredibly energy efficient. And I've got LED lights that on the on the packet the leds that i bought it said guaranteed 25 years i beg your pardon what so they're brilliant 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 i love love the leds i also like the light by the way it's very important that when you buy if you buy led bulbs you can get a very kind of clean white light or you can get a warm light please try and get warm led because led can be very shrill it can be very clinical and cold and sterile very good friend of mine did amazing work on their place. But the lighting, it was the it was the uh, it was cold LED and it ruined the place. I mean, I would say ruined really nice kitchen, open plan kitchen spilling out into a garden. Lovely place. Very nice. But a cold white light It was so bad in the evening. It was all in this sort of kitchen living room with this sort of bright Gestapo pale light. It didn't feel like it felt like a, a canteen from the 80s so just get the warm variety always i just always i don't think there's ever an argument for the cold light go for that i love led a little bit more expensive but you won't replace it and it's safer as well i'm obsessed with safety today what's wrong with me i've turned into a nervous wreck is this a panic attack i'm having um can we just stay briefly on danger um i'm gonna say something which is controversial which is I would say, please don't have candles because I know of someone's home that burnt down because of candles. It's terrible how people do it. You know, you get these candles in a candlestick and the candles like wobbling around and people still light it. Or they sort of are trying to melt it into an old wine bottle. Are you out of your tiny mind? So candles bother me. Also, apparently they're not that good for the air that you breathe. I think that they um, emit little tiny amounts of sort of carbon. So I think actually they pollute the air, probably to a very low extent, but it's not great, is it? I hate scented candles, by the way. And you know me, I don't use the word hate very often because hate's not great. Thank you. You're welcome. But I don't like smelly candles. Very artificial. Yuck. Um, but the fire hazard from candles, I just, just don't do it. Don't do it. Seriously. If you've got to, I might let you have tea lights, Okay. And the tea light has got to be in a proper holder, which is like bigger than the tea light and deeper. I might let you have that, but not please not the rest. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I find I love candles. The light from them is beautiful, but it, it troubles me. The hazard. And I bet you there are firemen and firewomen listening to this going, well done, Mark. Candles are a disaster. Um, please put a smoke alarm in every room. Sometimes you need the builders now, new new homes, they've got to have a smoke alarm in every room. But if you're, let's say you're staying somewhere and there's no smoke alarm in the room, just pop to the supermarket and buy one for £6 and just put it, you don't have to hang it up even, you don't have to install it, you just leave it on a shelf. Because when you're asleep, if there's a fire, you actually don't hear, people think, well, if the house is on fire, I'll know about it. No, you you won't because it's silent. And it's the smoke that actually kills you, normally not the fire. So please make sure that your smoke alarms are up to date and that there's one in every room. You can't have too many, basically. And sometimes now you can get them with a really good battery and they they last for 10 years. But that's money well spent. The other thing I recommend is you buy a can. It's like a, a spray can and it puts out fires. IKEA sell them, actually. It's kind of a sort of two litre canister. But in the old days, you remember those big heavy red ones and all complicated and pull a pin out and like, does it actually work? And you don't need that anymore. You just have these spray cans for fires. And that's excellent because you just might be in the kitchen and something explodes. And if you've got one of those to hand, you can just give it a quick squirt. The problem is, if you wait, it gets out of control, you need to leave the building. Oh, goodness gracious. Something fell and then I, I jumped out of my skin. All this talk of danger, you see. I'm an absolute nervous wreck. Um, how are we doing? So, well, there's so many things I've got to talk to you about. Where do we go? Um, just briefly, while we're on lights. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I didn't tell you that if you're looking for a good lighting solution, go for indirect lights. OK. And so, again, IKEA, but also online. a regular a regular store lighting store just get yourselves a few get yourself if there's a room that's not very inspiring you don't love it let's say your living room is kind of joyless and gloomy buy a couple of lamps ikea do these uh, i'm I'm obsessed with ikea i'm gonna i will not mention that shop one more time i'm sorry because i realize it could be very repetitive and very boring but look at this this is they sell this light which is led and it comes with a sort of clip so you can attach it comes with sort of this teeth this hungry teeth and you can is it oh there you go that's good isn't it i've just switched it on for our viewers on youtube and it's so nice you can just attach it to the to the end of a table you can put it on a door you can you can hammer nail in hammer a nail in in the wall and just attach it to the nail but indirect lighting in the room so get rid of that light in the middle and just a couple of side lights switch them on in the evening and it will just feel really cozy and really nice maybe sort of shine the light up against the wall or something like that that's really good the other thing you can do is you buy a couple of lamps you can get like a table lamp or you could get one that stands or one of each or a, or a clip one and then why don't you buy a different colored light bulb you can get these very nice filament ones which are even warmer than a warm led they're, they're almost like amber They create a great light and that gets very, very cosy. It's very nice. Or even a red or an orange light or kind of a dark yellow. And it will change the atmosphere in the moment and make you feel very, very good. So have a think about lighting, play with lighting and be your own lighting architect. Well, look, I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, I'm going to leave you with something Uh, next time. We've got a lot to get through. Let me tell you, we're going to talk about looking after your nails Um, how to eat when you're out and about and still lose weight the importance of collaboration still need to talk about the perfect way to go to the cinema the my verdict on washer dryers see that's a cliffhanger you don't know if I like washer dryers or I don't like them and that's subtle pressure from me to come back next time and I will reveal whether or not I like washer dryers plus your own tailoring how to be your own tailor you're welcome uh, and other, other bits and bobs but um so we've got all of that to come but let me leave you with this good is good enough so perfectionism is overrated it creates false expectation it's not sustainable it's exhausting it's costly in terms of time and energy it's not very efficient so good is good enough, so let's say you're working, and you are on a sort of work project, yes you're going to give it your best shot, but you're not going to work 27 hours, and make yourself ill, you know, is this satisfactory, is it good enough, let's go, let's put it out that yes there are times when you're able to make it perfect, and you've got a team around you, and you've got resource, and you've got support, I want you, always want you to do as good as you can but there's a bit of a superpower in just going do you know what that'll do Um, i found that with my show my tv show which i thoroughly enjoy doing but there have been times when i put so much into it that by the time i get on air so so much preparation by the time i get on air i'm actually already exhausted and i'm done it's like i've done a day's work now i've got to do a show the performance suffered so now some of the preparation i'll be like okay there's an interview and I've got some questions and I've got I've written an introduction could probably spend another hour on it. But is it OK? Is it, is it good enough? It's good enough. And then what I've done is send it over to my team. They get it nice and early because I didn't spend eight hours on it. So they, they're happy. They've got they'd rather have it early rather than late. And it's it's good enough. And then I've preserved some energy and then I'll I'll do a better show. So whatever it is in life, you know, it's it's good enough. Does the job. That's okay. I mean, yes, we will strive for excellence and we'll strive for great stuff. But in a lot of departments, if it's not pivotal, if it's not decisive, if it doesn't critically matter, if it's not existentially important, then it's good enough. Okay. Um, so let's say hotel. Let's say that you are staying in. The Bahamas, beautiful place to be. Let's be honest. The main reason you're in the Bahamas is the sunshine, the food, the locals, the culture, the landscape, the swimming and being on holiday. Right. And then the hotel is like there's a better hotel called the Excelsior, but it's a lot of money. And then there's a, another hotel called the the hotel that'll do. right? It's the that'll do hotel. And that hotel is good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. It's not great. It's not going to win any awards. It's not five star. Or four. Or three. It's two and a half, really. But you know what? There's an air conditioning unit in the room. They do breakfast. It's fine. It's good enough. They've got coffee. You need coffee in the morning. It wakes you up. It's good enough. There's a bar where they sell, bizarrely sell Swedish beer with like weird Swedish words on it. And it just says beer. Which, you know, is probably Swedish for beer. And you know what? That hotel is good enough. It's 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 good enough. It'll do. Is the hotel good enough? Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than the Excelsior. And it's good enough. Why do I say that? Well, for God's sakes. Most of the time in the hotel, you're going to be... When you're in the hotel, you're sleeping. Why do you need to be asleep knowing you're in a nice place asleep? You could be... You could be asleep in a dumpster truck and it wouldn't matter because you're asleep. So who cares how nice the room is when you're asleep? And the decor and the bathroom's got a bit of mildew and the windows don't close properly, but it's cheaper. saves some money. And I'm in the Bahamas. It's got an air conditioning unit. They do breakfast and there's coffee to wake you up in the morning and there's Swedish beer in the evening. Bieru. Ooh. What's not to like? do it do it do it do it and that is a good thing in life just occasionally you're renting a flat it's the right place place not the perfect location it's good enough it will save you a lot of grief save you a lot of time a lot of energy and you can decide which battles to fight which things have got to be perfect which some should like a relationship like a big investment like you know a home whatever let's imagine you're buying a property i don't think good enough is quite right for buying a property is it But if it's something that's not critical, that's not got long-term consequences or implications, just let it go. People spend ages when they're going on holiday and plan their holidays in really fancy places. And And then, you know, it's like, was it really worth the money? And I could have gone to a hotel that was good enough and I'm still in the Bahamas. So there you go. I'm sure we'll return to that theme because there's more to explore with good enough. But just have a think about the things in your life that actually will do the job. And have closure that that's okay. Embrace that. Own it. And let some of the things in your life be good enough and appreciate them. Value them for being okay. Does the job. So much easier. So much less stress. Um, Can I hope and wish you? What does that mean? Can I wish you a lovely week? I'm going to miss you and I cannot wait to see you in seven days time. Go crazy. Know your value. Good is good enough. See you in a week. Big love. Bye bye.